Welcome back to the Middlemen Podcast. Max, long time no see. We're back in the studio for our 20th episode. So happy anniversary. And oh, it's so good to be back, Max. One, in the studio, but two, just with you getting back on the poddy and talking sport. Yeah, it's fantastic to get back into a routine, you know. Uh, so glad that we're back in the studio. I remember uh, it's probably been about a year and a half, over a year and a half since we last been in here talking sports. So yeah, it's just great to have this back. Don't have to hear my uh, muffled voice over Zoom anymore. Nice and clear cut and um, just ready to get into it all over again. I never, ever want to use Zoom again. But let, <laughs> let's get back into the boxing. And uh, We've missed out on quite a bit and the yeah, apologies that we've missed out. But it's been it's been tough with everything going on. Uni starting back, but I'm sure you can appreciate that. And it's been tough for Anthony Joshua as well uh, because, well, he's, he's thrown everything away. A second loss in his career. He lost to Andy Ruiz. What was that? 2019, 2020? When did he lose to Ruiz? Uh, in the summer of 2020, yeah, it was either, yeah. uh, 2019, sorry, either in July or June. So, so he, he lost to Ruiz, won it back. Don't think it's going to happen this time. Uh, Alexander Usyk, uh, the victor this time around. And uh, I, I, it was one of these fights where you go into it and you think, if you miss this fight, it's not the end of the world. AJ's going to win. Nice and comfortable. You wake up in the morning and AJ win. Uh, luckily, I actually watched the fight and it, obviously it didn't pan out that way. Anthony Joshua losing to Alexander Usyk the Ukrainian all of his belts what did you make of that loss Max for me I'm so unimpressed with Anthony Joshua right now we were talking before we went on air before we got in the studio you look at Tyson Fury Fury's not materialistic he's not doing JD adverts he's not he's a big name of course a massive name in sport but he hasn't got this humongous ego that I think Anthony Joshua's got and I think that's probably the reason you can see it from the ring walks that he's he hasn't done well recently what did you make of that fight yeah I mean uh, as you said you were kind of expecting or the consensus was expecting a Joshua win but everyone was always asking me for my verdict leading up to the fight because they knew how good Usyk was in the cruiserweight division knew that he was undisputed champion there and I wasn't really impressed with his two fights before Anthony Joshua in the heavyweight division I thought I thought Chisora probably gave him a harder time than AJ actually did um, well, when Chisora actually fought Usyk, it was in Halloween of last year. And old just, Chisora as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, old Chisora. That did tire after, you know, the first half of the fight. But um, AJ stayed in it all, all, all the 12 rounds. But, yeah, I, I didn't think Usyk was going to put on that performance. He's just, once again, he's six foot three, smaller opponent. And as we saw with Andy Ruiz, Joshua just seems to have this kind of this struggle with... Um, smaller opponents and that's what I was telling people I was like there's a lot of factors that come into this that make it a really uncertain fight it's, it depends what style either man tries to come out with you know you might have seen Usyk even trying to go for the KO and, and lay it on Joshua early because he knows that his chin's been tested before and and you know he's human and he can go down and, and uh, be stopped in a fight as Andrew Reese showing him so Usyk though you know stay clever and disciplined it was, it was good to see but the thing for me is People, not 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 to um, take anything away from the fight, you know. I think Usyk boxed brilliantly. He did what he needed to do to get the win. And obviously, I saw quotes afterwards of him saying about, 
he didn't feel like he had to press further for the for the knockout. You know, he said he's got respect for Joshua and doesn't feel the need. He said it felt unnecessary to uh, go and, and hurt him more and possibly give him, you know, long-term uh, health damage. So that's fair enough to him. But people do come to the heavyweight division to watch these knockouts and watch something go on. I didn't really... Unless uh, you look at the dying seconds of the fight uh, in the in the 12th round when Usyk really had uh, AJ wobbled I didn't really see any of them in trouble too much it was just more of a clever kind of kind of like a how a old Floyd Mayweather fight would pan out you know there's nothing too exciting apart from it's just a systematic breakdown of the other opponent and Usyk you know executed the game plan perfectly for it so all props to him yeah he did and Joshua looked lackluster and you, 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 t- you touched on it there you strip it back to basics you've got this massive guy with a massive frame a huge body weight and if you look at it on paper you've got Anthony Joshua who's fighting a cruiserweight you've got one of the biggest Anthony Joshua's a super heavyweight I mean let's be real so you've yeah. got a super heavyweight fighting a cruiserweight and uh, to lose to a cruiserweight when you're supposedly the best the best boxer in the heavyweight division he's not anymore but at that time he was for me something's gone wrong perhaps it's the training with Rob McCracken Joshua now looking at well he's gone over to the States he's trained with Virgil Hunter I mean, Virgil Hunter a legend you know, trained Amir Khan um, had a bit of time with some great boxers Andre Ward is Hunter's most famous for I guess and yeah, Eddie uh, Reseno, who's uh, Canelo Alvarez's trainer as well. Ronnie Shields, Mike Tyson's trainer. So he's gone over there to experiment, I suppose. Do, do you think that's what it was? Do you think he just needs, I don't know, some, some better guidance? Yeah, I mean, there's two ways you can obviously react to a loss in boxing. And it's either looking at yourself and looking at uh, the way you're going to take responsibility for what you did and, and kind of not blame yourself but you know as I said take responsibility be sensible with it understand your shortcomings and that it came from you because listen you can change all the coaches in the world that you want but the coach isn't in there boxing for you you know you you do it to yourself so Joshua lost McCracken didn't lose for him Mm -hmm. Joshua lost so that's on him but of course the coach always pays a a huge factor into um into a boxer's upcoming fight you know I don't know um, if they if they changed anything I just think and I I don't know if it was uh, Joshua himself or McCracken who told him to come out with that kind of boxy style you know he's a boxer puncher but he was trying to he he was playing Usyk's game too much and that is I said uh, I was uncertain on how the fight would come out building up to it but one thing I did know was if Joshua tried to play Usyk's game he would lose because Usyk's like that Usyk is too much of an elite level combination clever tricky puncher and and that's not Joshua I don't know why Joshua tries to do something else it worked against Ruiz because with Ruiz you know he's not he doesn't have that slick foot uh, the slick footwork to get inside and and pick up the punches you know he's a bit more of a brawler in comparison to Usyk that is so uh, I think the only thing that McCracken can really be blamed for in it is if you know I'm not saying he, he did uh, he told Joshua to but if he did um, convince Joshua to come out with that style then he does need to be held accountable for it but yeah Joshua it's okay to switch trainers you know it's, uh, you see Fury doing it and, and it really helped Fury uh, from the f- after the first fight with Wilder he was Ben Davison was in his corner for that shout out to Ben Davison one of my favourite um, 
one of my favourite coaches in in world boxing, let alone British boxing. Um, but yeah, he, he had uh, Ben Davidson in his corner for the first Wilder fight, and you know, Fury obviously, I say arguably won the fight. Everyone knew Fury won the fight. It was a whole thing that he was robbed. Uh, so why switch it up? But he, you know, Fury rolled the dice there, gambled, switched the trainers up, and that's exactly what he needed to come through and get the more convincing win in the second go. And then, you know, he, he got the two KO victories after that. So sometimes, you know, in, in Fury's case, uh, using Fury as an example is, is a good thing to switch up the trainers. So we'll just have to see if Joshua can hold himself accountable for, for his shortcomings in the Usyk fight. And with the combination of that and uh, coming with a new trainer that might be able to do something that McCracken hasn't, then we, we might see him on top of the division again. But, you know, as I said, he has to do the things first of taking himself responsibly, uh, well, being responsible for what he did in the fight. And um, only he can do that, you know, coaches can't do that for him. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating rematch. And at the moment, the whole heavyweight division is... It's been it's it was sh- it was shaken it, it was shook up by that loss because all of a sudden you've got the unification belt completely off the cards now with with Tyson Fury that's uh, that's no more it, it would mean that Anthony Joshua would need to win the rematch against uh, Alexander Usyk to be in with a shot Dillian White probably I'm next for Tyson Fury so Fury has to get past White uh, would you even want to see that fight if there were if there were no belts let's say Joshua loses to Usyk in the rematch would you still want to see the fight with Tyson Fury or I know, I know Ricky Hatton has told Tyson Fury to walk away from Anthony Joshua leave him alone What's what has he got to prove Tyson Fury he's the best heavyweight boxer in the world I think most people would agree with that why fight Anthony Joshua why it's, it's, I love using that word banana skin but it sort of is even though Anthony Joshua I don't think even compares to Tyson Fury anymore but would you want to see the fight I mean uh, if you told me it bef- my my answer was obviously changed before the Usyk fight and after the Usyk fight um, I, I remember Joshua once saying that the fight between him and Fury uh, meant more than the belts on offer not anymore do you know what I mean when Joshua was uh, coming off the win against Pulev and he was looking like he's you know he's the knockout artist that he once was again then it, it looked like a dangerous it looked like a fun fight for Fury but now since those both Fury and Joshua fought again now we've seen the levels we've, we've seen the change in them obviously you know saying that Fury was knocked down twice he, he didn't have the most convincing win but he got it done it was exciting though exactly and, and, and he's always involved in wars and um, I think it, w- it would still be a great fight there's so many matches to be made in the heavyweight division that, that makes it so fun um, so if I wasn't interested in any bouts and they didn't exist of course I'd, I'd love to see Joshua and Fury it's, you know they're both British um, British heavyweights they have that kind of history years ago you know ye- years it's been years of back and forth um, and their fight has been been coming for, for so long it's been such a build up obviously they tried to make it happen early this year so uh, I, I would like to have watched it but now that whole essence of the the undisputed like now, now that's gone out the window it is just it's much less entertaining the concept of it is less entertaining especially knowing that Usyk who is also an extremely fun and entertaining heavyweight has all the bouts and we can see an undisputed fight happen if he if he fights him so I think I would like to see Fury and Joshua happen but not more than I'd like to see Fury Usyk or even Fury White to be fair yeah Fury Fury White will be an interesting fight uh, I, I mean White's, White has deserved this chance for such a long time and he hasn't had it 
for various reasons. And perhaps now Anthony Joshua sort of slowly, he's still he's still very much in the picture, but whether he's he's centre stage anymore because of the loss to Usyk, because he's now lost twice in his career. I don't know. For me, I'm starting to lose patience with Anthony Joshua. I think he needs to get his act together. He needs to beat Alexander Usyk. If he doesn't, that's surely his career. His career finished. He goes into punditry. He makes a nice, comfortable living with Sky Sports. Um, but I, I, I think Ricky Hatton's right in in some regard. Why why risk it with Anthony Joshua when you don't need to prove yourself? It'll be interesting to see what AJ does now with, with Hunter or... Um, Ronnie Shields or whoever he goes with going forwards um, but let's talk Max your favourite four heavyweights because it's an interesting debate at the moment in terms of ranking them there are more than four you've got Joe Joyce out there you've got Daniel Dubois out there but I think for me the top four has to be Tyson Fury Alexander Usyk Deontay Wilder Anthony Joshua in that order Mate I, d- I don't know if I could disagree with you to be fair you know, as you said, you've got those other people like Joyce and Dubois knocking around, even Dillian White as well, mm. uh, Luis Ortiz, all those uh, kind of top-level contenders. But I don't think any of them break uh, any of them break that top four list, and I don't think any of them beat those top four. Um, obviously, stars make fights, and I think any fight with those could be interesting. But I don't think any of those guys beat them. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's most when you're talking about entertainment and kind of the biggest punch in the best winning kind of heavyweights in there yeah I would uh, I'd do that I'm not sure about I'm not sure about Wilder over Joshua though um, look Wilder last you know he's he hasn't won a fight in his, his last three well when you look at it in the Fury trilogy he didn't he didn't win the only way to, to see that is if, if we're putting Tyson Fury as number one and Wilder is Wilder had Fury. I mean, Wilder had Fury on the canvas more than once. So that's I don't think that's ever happened before in Tyson Fury's career to, to have gone down twice in such close consistency. Um, so, so for me, that's why Wilder's so highly so highly ranked. If I think Tyson Fury is the best, and Deontay Wilder gave Fury a real go. I mean, Wilder Fury, Fury Wilder. That last fight made. Rocky looked like the Teletubbies, right? It, it was so exciting. It was absolutely thrilling. It was the best heavyweight fight I have ever seen in my lifetime. It's probably the best heavyweight bout of the last 35 years. It, it was just remarkable, incredible. You can use any adjective you want to describe it. No one's ever going to forget that fight. AJ's last fight like that, Klitschko, an old Klitschko, Klitschko who was knocking on well come back out of retirement was going to go into retirement after that fight I mean win or lose realistically that that's the only difference between that's how I rank it anyway I don't know yeah no you do you do make a great point with that to be fair because um, I don't think Joshua's last few fights have come close to what uh, Fury and Wilder put on in their trilogy fight and you know we saw a completely different side to Wilder he's so he makes it so difficult to like him as a person but he made it so easy to like him as a fighter in that last fight. Uh, the way he, you know, the the warrior heart that he showed to keep going and just go out on his shield, you know, the way he wanted to in, in that in that second fight. Um, you know, he he fought until he, he couldn't anymore. You know, whether that's that wasn't his choice. Obviously, uh, the referee and the rules of the game. But uh, yeah, as you said, it, it made Rocky look like the Teletubbies. It was a crazy, uh, crazy fight and. Looking at that entertainment factor, I would say, like, especially coming off of that fight, uh, 
yeah, Wilder has that over Joshua. I'm just, I think now because we have that debate on like who who would uh, be in that who would be that third or fourth best heavyweight. I think they have to fight for it. You know, yeah. they have they have to show us uh, which one actually would be. But yeah, Wilder obviously uh, got the heavier hands. I still think he's the hardest punch in heavyweight. Um, in the division regardless of of him losing he's he's got that power all the time and that's that's what makes it so fun to watch him because you know he can just deliver that on anyone at any time um and the likelihood is that they'll go down so that's that's the fun part um but in terms of like achievements and what they've won i'd say like right now uh in form both men wilder and joshua are coming off losses but Wilder kind of had the more respectable loss, I think. You know, yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. Um, but, but then, who's won more in their career, Wilder, yeah. Wilder, or Joshua? Yeah. Jo- I mean, Joshua had ev- every belt apart from uh, Fury's WBC. Yeah, exactly. Which was once Wilder's, but um, and Wilder had the kind of unbeaten streak, but obviously wasn't fighting the caliber of opponents Joshua did. You got to respect Joshua's CV at the end of the day. His resume is is incredible. Uh, he's for you know the top guys in the division, but I feel like he will continue to as well. I feel like he's still got that in him. So, the what I what I am gonna say and what we'll probably leave off on this topic with the whole heavyweights with Joshua and Fury is that right now, whatever happens, these next six months to a year is the most important in Joshua's career. You thought that was after the Andrew Ruiz fight. You thought that Snap. was his most important fight. That is nothing compared to right now because this is a make or break for his career. Uh, this next fight and how he performs in it will tell you everything you need to know on if he's going to still cut it up with the rest of the heavyweights, if he's going to be a three-time world champion, or as you said, if he's going to slump off into uh, punditry and, and make it easy living for the rest of his life. But we time will tell and we will see that uh, within the next six months to a year. Yeah, and just to go off that, I, I always say about non-league footballers, they, they are at, a non-league footballer is still an incredibly talented player and to get to Anthony Joshua's level doesn't matter what you think of him. It doesn't matter what you made of the USIC performance to have fought at the Olympics, to have represented your country, to have been a heavyweight champion with all every belt bar one. You, you have to be pretty special. And Okay, he, he's got his critics, and I think rightly so. But when you strip it back to basics, I know you can strip it back to basics that a heavyweight lost to a cruiserweight, but you can also look at it as he was in that ring, he was in that position. And he'd he, only, what, a couple of weeks before that fight, signed a massive contract with Eddie Hearn that's kept him on with the uh, zone and match room for however long that was so he's, he's he is clearly something special like him or not uh, we'll leave the heavyweights and we'll, we'll stick with a fury let's go on to tommy fury uh, 18th of december is the date we've all got in our diaries versus jake paul now we were having this conversation before we jumped in uh, to the studios max and i've got to say i'm worried i'm worried for boxing I'm worried that if Tommy Fury loses this, how, how bad is that going to look on the sport if we let a YouTuber come in and beat the best heavyweight boxer in the world? If we let a YouTuber beat his brother, how bad will that be? Yeah, the uh, I think the integrity of boxing to some degree is on the line in this fight. Like, I don't obviously like to cover Jake Paul too much, but when he's making these waves in, in the boxing industry, you know, you, you, you can't, especially from a journalist standpoint, you know, from the way Something we look at it, this is this is a, a big story. This is a, a big story to cover. You can't ignore it. Just I know fans will want to ignore it because they they're sick of Jake Paul. You know they don't want to see this guy. You know literally he's he is just an ass making a living in the sport. But he's he keeps getting past these obstacles. He I in my opinion he's he's cherry picking opponents and he's cherry picked his way to Tommy Fury 
but he has come that far and his name is still his, his name still keeps coming up in association with boxing so we have to talk about it and now especially now he's got this um official fight with Tommy Fury this this guy is if if he wins this you know he's a legitimate boxer then like he, he has fought and beat a legitimate boxer and he hasn't done that yet he has no. not done that yet okay you can say oh um uh, hall of famer ufc fighter tyron woodley yeah it's, it's okay when he's fighting these guys who have all these like accomplishments to their name but really, in, in another sport yeah in another sport um and if you actually look at what tyron woodley was doing in that sport in the last three years he was a complete shell of the hall of famer mm. that like you know made him uh that gave him that status he was not the same fighter so that's what i mean when i say uh jake paul's cherry picked his way here but fair play to him you know he's been clever he's, he's a he's clever businessman marketed himself incredibly um and he's got his way here so it's up to tommy fury now to literally lay down the law and, and let him know what boxing's all about and if if he has to get hurt as he says this is i swear his favorite uh saying is this is the this is the fighting game Tommy Fury needs to show him what the fighting game is all about because he hasn't been shown that by a real boxer yet. So, uh, you know, Tommy needs to do the job and, and show him. But, you know, you, you you say you're worried, and I'm worried too because you look at you look at Tommy Fury and he's not an experienced boxer. This that's not an excuse to him if he loses. You know, he is he is still professional for a reason. But he he has had a no real no real amateur experience. Um, especially compared to what other pro boxers normally do um and he's looked a bit shaky in his last fights not that you know he hasn't looked in trouble but he's just he hasn't looked as relaxed and and as entertaining as um you would probably want him to look uh so that's what makes me a bit concerned leading into this fight so i don't know whether he has to change that up or i don't know if that kind of um awkward style is going to suit him against Jake Paul but whatever way whichever way uh he does it he just needs to get the job done yeah I mean John John Fury said that if Tommy loses then that's that's any help he's ever inputting into Tommy's career over and that is Tommy's career over in his eyes and I think you've got to take Jake Paul seriously if he beats Tommy Fury like you said it makes him a proper boxer He's a very clever man, like you said. He's he's his PR guys. He's he's got good people around him. If if you take them outside of boxing, you look, you look at them both as celebrities. Tommy Fury's headless compared to Jake Paul. Jake Paul's got millions of followers. Tommy Fury, I don't know how many he's got, but it's nowhere near Jake Paul's racket. So this is about the boxing, not the celebrity, and that is what I'll be watching. I'll be watching it as a boxing fan. I don't care about Jake Paul. I couldn't care less. I don't know who he is really. I've never watched any of his stuff. I just know that he's some he's some YouTuber that's come into boxing. I hope Jake, I hope Tommy Fury, make sure that make sure that he never gets back in the ring. But we'll see what happens. And we we touched on awkward styles there. A massive fight coming up in a week's time, the sixth of November. A fight that a proper fight that we've all been looking forward to. Uh, Canelo versus Caleb Plant. It's hard to put into words what this means to boxing. You can go back to the press conference where already. Caleb Plant's been stabbing the monster he's been prodding that monster that is Canelo and Canelo wasn't even looking when he did that when when Plant kind of pushed him in the press conference Canelo was looking the other way and still managed to what do we say he broke his glasses and uh, yeah. made contact so uh, how much are you looking forward to that fight? Yeah this is um, this is everything for me this is uh, probably a fight of the year contender 
not sure if it's going to be um, Juan Estrada versus Chocolatito's uh, rematch earlier this year. Obviously, that was a crazy fight. If you guys haven't seen that, by the way, check that Watch out. Um, I think super flyweight division unification fight. Unreal. But looking onto these heavier boys now, looking onto the face of boxing, uh, it's, it's just everything you want. It's, it's a history maker as well. Not just if Plant wins... But for whoever the winner is, because that will be the first undisputed super middleweight um, champion that has ever happened in the in the four or three belt era, I believe. So, yeah, this this is the thing. We talk. We obviously just moved from uh, Jake Paul and Tommy Fury, as you said, these celebrities. You know, now we're talking about guys who have dedicated their life to boxing, and this this is this is what I want. This is what I want to see. The best, the champions in both divisions fighting. They, they, you know, ones that want to make undisputed uh, statuses happen because obviously there's so much fragmentation in boxing right now that that we need something like this and and hopefully it inspires other champions as well and, and helps them uh, makes them realise that uh, you know you should be fighting the best and if you want to cement yourself uh, as a history maker as a record breaker as a true champ in that division you've got to be fighting for undisputed and so hopefully you know it's the catalyst to make other champions in other divisions do it too and hopefully uh, after this we see even more undisputed uh, champions come into the division so it is just it's, it's going to be a great fight I'm going to be a tired man watching it obviously because it's going to be American times but you know the excitement the adrenaline is going to take over and I'll, I'll be fresh as a daisy uh, when it actually comes on you know Canelo is just always great to watch uh, I don't think he I, I don't think it's possible for him to have a boring fight um and as you said you're talking about that the way they got into it in at the press conference little bit of little bit of a preview of how the fight could actually go the way canelo was able to just you know as you said not even looking it's just it's just second instant it's just second nature for him to get out the way of that punch and come back with that two-piece which uh cut plants cheek so obviously not saying that that means canelo's gonna win obviously you know when they actually get into it with their gloves on and um, go for the twelve rounds, you'll see what Plant has to offer. And I do, I do like Plant. Uh, I really enjoy his style. He's, He's got an awkward style. Yeah, yeah, he does, and that's what's made him successful, and that's what's got him to this point. Uh, it's, it's what made him a champion. It's what made him the IBF champion. Hasn't fought near to the caliber of opponent that Canelo's fought. That's the only problem, and that's when I believe the levels are going to show. I think the only way Canelo is defeated um, by anyone in boxing right now is if he moves up to light heavyweight. Obviously, you know, get this fight out of the way first. Um, get this, you know, cement his name in history as the first undisputed super middleweight champion and then move up to light heavyweight. Because I think that's the... It's that's, a new challenge for him. Yeah, that's the biggest challenge. Obviously, he won uh, in late 2019 the WBO, was it Sergey Kovalev's mm. uh, lightweight light heavyweight sorry uh, world title but if he actually goes up and starts competing against the champions there uh, then I think that's the only way he's being because as I said I like Plant I like his style but I don't think it troubles Canelo enough just because uh, he hasn't stepped into there with anyone anyone near uh, Canelo's level so I could be wrong do you know what I mean I could be wrong it's boxing it's it's hard to predict it's almost impossible sometimes almost impossible to predict yeah exactly but um you know, going off all I can go off is what I've seen and what I know, and what I've seen is Canelo look absolutely unbeatable against Billy Joe Saunders, against Callum Smith, who are who were super middleweight champions. So 
well, you know, that's 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 all I can expect. And after seeing Plant only uh, only be you know good 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 opponents, but not not ones like Canelo, not hard punchers like Canelo, not ones who move like him, who have the head movement, you know, who have that well-roundedness of him. So that's that's why I believe you know uh, Canelo is just going to get that job done. Yeah, I love sitting and listening to you speaking about boxing. It's, it, 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 you learn so much, and this man really does know his boxing. If, you, if you're listening for the first time, then uh, no one knows their boxing like Max. Oh my God. <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, but you spoke about what this fight means for the sport in general and other boxers looking up to these guys. That's uh, not going to happen with Tommy Fury and Jake Paul. No one, no boxer's going to look to that fight for inspiration. Every boxer, doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter if, if you're Craig Richards or if you're if you're Joe Joyce it doesn't matter you'll be looking for inspiration and let's go back to Craig Richards a 6th round TKO against uh, Marek uh, Matija he won the vacant WBA international light heavyweight title and again an- another British boxer winning titles perhaps hasn't got enough media coverage but he's doing well yeah you need to get on the Craig Richards wave before it's too late because uh, he's a great domestic fighter beat, beat the hype train that was Shakan Pitters um, not to say Peters is just a hype train. I think obviously he's a great boxer as well. Um, that fight there was a uh, a great showing of the the best British guys kind of fighting the best. You know, you had uh, Peters was an up and coming name, and Richards was a solid name as well. So for them to come together, that was quite career defining at the time. And then Richards, I think, went a bit too far up the levels uh, to get a title shot against Dimitri Bivol. I felt. You know, he, I think he's in his 30s uh, and his career is getting on a bit. So it wasn't too soon, obviously. Any any uh, boxer in their right mind is going to want to get a title shot as soon as possible and want to take their chance. But, you know, I thought it was a bit too soon for him. Um, Bivol is a completely different beast to uh, Shaq Ampitters, who he beat. But he got back to winning ways. Do you know what I mean? He he lost that um, world title fight. And as you said now, he's he's got back to winning ways this uh, last weekend. And I think... Once again, the the only way is up. I think he will be knocking around uh, that top contender spot for for a, quite a few years. I, I like his style. Um, I like the way he boxes, and yeah, I, I think he's he's got what it takes to challenge for the title again. I'm not sure with the with how talented and uh, just how rough, hard punching these light heavyweight um, world champions are. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to get his hands on it. Uh, in this stage in his career but I think he's going to have a, a, a good fun time give us fans a good fun time watching him at least try for them so yeah fair play to him for um, as I said getting back to winning ways this last weekend and it'll be interesting to see uh, what's in store for him soon quite a lot of boxers like that around like Nathan Heaney for example a big stoke boy mm. not realistically will he ever become world champion I don't, I don't know but yeah. what, what does he do every single time he gets in the ring he entertains yeah. and, and everyone loves him for it um, a great little boxing segment there so much to look forward to you've got Caleb Plant uh, Canelo Alvarez to look forward to and plenty to look back on as well I mean from from Chocolatito if you want to go that far back to, to watching Craig Richards on the weekend and quickly finally just to end that segment on, on a more on a wider note I thought The Zone actually put on they're putting on some really good shows they've broken away from Sky now and they've got our mate uh, Adi Oladipo kind of anchoring the ship really kind of controlling everything that's going on with 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 some brilliant guests great contributors tony belly got laura woods there as well uh, as one of the hosts so and mike costello the best the best commentator in boxing in my opinion so the zone 
impressing. Uh, let's let's go on to football, and we'll be speaking about world class boxers. Let's speak about a world class player, Max Mo Salah. You're a Liverpool fan, yeah. Oh, I mean, he completely killed the Watford defence. Then he did it again against Manchester United. How good is that man? Is he the best in the world? Without question, mate. If if you liked how uh, how passionately I spoke about Canelo, then you'll like how I talk about Mo Salah because, uh, well, that man is just just another level in the Premier League right now. You can't you can't tell me that you've seen there's a Premier League player this season that that competes with him that is at his level. You look around to the other leagues, of course, you see the other world class players. But for his position, uh, you know, I, I think that's that's the criteria we put on someone when we say world class nowadays. We say. Um, you know, are they like one of the best in their uh, position in the world? And I think he's by far the best. Um, but I think right now you can look at any position, uh, whether that's even on the left side uh, instead of his right or down the middle. I don't think there's any player that is outplaying him right now. The way he does it, the way he gets into scoring positions, um, especially that Manchester City goal as well, he just creates chances out of nothing. And those. The best players in the world do those things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the goal he the goal he scored against Watford was something else. I've yeah. never I've never seen anything like it. The, the control he had, the, the composure he had to stay on his feet, and and then to pick out his corner. A bit like it was actually a bit like Ronaldo's volley uh, on the weekend, which was uh, well. We'll get onto Tottenham in a minute. We'll get we'll get onto the opposition, <laughs> but the yeah. way he he kind of sold Ben Davies' dummy, gets the ball under control, finds the corner. It's that world class. It's it's the world class that we've been missing in the Premier League, I think, and yeah. I think now we're we're getting it back. We've had Kevin De Bruyne the last few years, Eden Hazard, but now there's no question that the Premier League is is the best in the world, especially with the way things are going at Barcelona. They set Ronald Koeman during the week, and how they're going at PSG as well. PSG, I bet they can't believe it. They've they've let go of the best manager in world football in Thomas Tuchel, in my view. I think you've got Mo Salah's the best player. Don't think you can argue there's a better manager than. Uh, Mr. Thomas Tuchel, Jurgen Klopp comes close, but um, anyway, going on a going on a rant here. But let's go back to I, I wanted to talk about Spurs uh, staying on the manager front. That they've sacked Nuno Espirito Santo. Not sure how many games he had. Not many. We're, no. we're still not, not even anywhere near. We're not anywhere near Christmas yet, really. No. Um, never the right man for Spurs, in my view. Always out of the, out of his depth. Should have been Graham Potter. Graham Potter. I think should get the England job after Southgate. Rate him so highly. Yeah, he's got a nice beard now as well, so <laughs> he looks the part and he plays the part. Held your lot to to a draw on the weekend, fought back from two down. But for Nuno and Spurs, Daniel leaving now. It looks like they've got Conte, which they should have got first time round. Conte's laughing because Conte's made Conte has essentially played them like a fiddle. Conte's gone in. And he, this time around, he's going to get an absolute fortune. If they're going to have to buy him this time, I think last time it would have been a lot easier to have just paid him what he wanted back there. Now they're going to be paying him a lot more. So Conte comes in, one of the best managers in world football. They've got to back him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I completely agree with you about what you're saying with uh, Nuno not being the right man for the job. I think complete and utter respect for uh, what he'd done at Wolves, what he accomplished there. That's fantastic. But when you're looking at Tottenham and the expectations, the board's expectations, the fans' expectations of Tottenham, is always to be a top six team. That's not Wolves' expectations. So I think that kind of jump there, uh, would I, I predicted it would be too much for him. Um, and although saying that, I do think like this guy has not had near enough as much as time 
uh, as much time as he needed to actually get it underway because you can't just with that Tottenham team who are when you take away Kane and Son a pretty average Premier League team um, add that add to the mix the fact that Harry Kane doesn't really want to be there he doesn't um, then you, you have a big project on your hands to get some good results so I don't think you know the the reason to be uh, there was a reason to be too harsh on Nuno because he had a big job on his hands uh, so I, I think it's hard for any even Conte it would be hard for Conte to come in and, and do well, something it's been hard for it. Rafa Benitez at Everton you can yeah. be the best manager in the world you come into a club that's got a striker who's sulking crying every week you know. to be honest uh, Harry Kane he's a completely different man when he puts on a Spurs shirt t- t- to when he sticks on an English shirt yeah, and sure. even when he puts on an English shirt recently I've been at England's last two games and he hasn't really impressed me I, 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 I'm, I sit on a it's a difficult fence for me with Harry Kane I, I like him as a player I think he's, he's a great he, he's a top player but for me is he world class I don't know I've always had that debate with myself but yeah. uh, it's hard going back to Tottenham to come into a club where you, your striker's not really playing the team's a mess it's not as good it's nowhere near as good as any of the other top six sides it's hard yeah for sure and that's that's the problem see it's going to be a long while even with well, take take whatever manager you want at the wheel. Put like get him w- with that Tottenham team. It's gonna take a long time to re-establish them as a top six team. Uh, I think whether that's a season or, or even longer. So you know you you've seen the best managers go there and try to do it in uh, Jose, Jose Marino, yeah. and Pochettino. You know I think obviously Pochettino done uh, probably the best job. And I was speaking to my um, mate who's a Spurs fan actually on the weekend, and he was saying after Jose left, he would have welcomed Poch back with open arms so you can see you know I don't think that says anything about desperation but you know you can see how they want to um, they want to make sure they want managers who, who they know are going to do something for their team and, and with that team and I think Conte is the, the right man to do that I just think Nuno kind of lacked the experience at that if you want to say it's at that top level because it's the top half of the, the Premier League I, I don't think he had the right experience and the right credentials to um to be managing Tottenham so it's unfortunate for him I say that but also you know he wasn't given enough time uh, but I'm not sure how high he could have gone with a team so I I think to be honest if if they did keep him for longer it's just delaying the inevitable I think it was probably bound to happen if, if their form uh, continued so hopefully Conte can uh, stop Harry Kane crying now actually make him into the uh, into I think one of the best strikers in the world uh, he's really let that that position that status that I held him to uh, he's really let that slip uh, this season because mm. of, of what's gone on but obviously in the summer he's on fire and he, as you say he's a completely different person when he puts a Spurs shirt on it, he pops up for England and, and he does he does the right things the exact right things and, and you love him do you know what I mean and then it only takes a few games in a Spurs shirt for you to be like oh well you know is he kind back of Lewandowski's level yeah exactly so um, yeah we'll, we'll see we'll see what Conte can do hopefully you know, especially from a, a England fans' uh, point of view, hopefully Conte can uh, can pick Harry Kane back up. And yeah, get him in goal scoring form again. We need Kane playing, and you're right mm. from an English point of view with, with the World Cup coming up now. We need Kane, Kane at his best, and so yeah, we'll see what Conte can do. And and just finally, the difference between Conte now. You, I'm not a Spurs fan. Everyone knows that, but you're looking at. Conte, yeah, looking at Conte and looking at Nuno, you look at Conte and you think, okay, this guy's a serial winner and he can win something. Yeah. But when they appointed Nuno, you think, what's Nuno's never won anything. 
Yeah. And it, will he win anything at Spurs? No, he won't. No. So why why did you get a manager in in the first place that you know is not going to win anything? I mean, Graham would Graham Potter have won anything at Spurs? Probably not. But I think he would have. It would. He'd still be in a job if Graham Potter uh, had got that one at the start of the season. But I think that's just about it. it rounds off our podcast. Quite funny that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer lasted his job longer than uh, Nino Spirito Santo. He, he won the Alsaka Cup. Fair he, play, Ole. But that's that's a did. good thing for for Chelsea and Liverpool fans like uh, me and yourself, Noah. Oli at the wheel for even longer. You know, you've seen what Liverpool can do to him. You'll see what uh, Chelsea probably do to him later in the season. Oli at the wheel is a good thing for us. Exactly. It's a, it's a good thing for the rest of the top four, the top six. But I, I think that's it from us this week. So listen back to other episodes. Uh, they are a little bit old now, but we're going to be bringing you more uh, what better and newer episodes as the season progresses, as uh, time goes on, as we get to cold and darker days this year. Uh, but we'll be bringing you as much entertainment as possible. So cheers, guys, for listening, and great to be back. Yeah, cold and darker days for you, John. Literally, yeah, looking outside the studio window right yeah. now, seeing it. What is it? Uh, nine minutes past five, and it's pitch black. But yeah, as Noah said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, it's great to be back in the studio. And little announcement: um, in the coming episodes, we are going visual as well. So be sure to uh, also check out our YouTube. Um, because that is coming that is that is big for the middlemen that'll be there before you know it um so we'll be on all your streaming platforms uh and you'll have the option to either just listen to us or or see our pretty faces as well so uh that's 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 all in in your court guys thank you so much for listening and we'll be back next week cheers guys